Do you want to find out whether or not I had a Furby as a kid? Yeah, tell me. Okay, hold on. I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to put her on speaker. <laughs> she might not answer. Oh, no. Hello. Hey, Mama. Hey, baby. I had a question, just real quick. Did I ever have a Furby as a kid? I remember having some of the McDonald's ones, but I couldn't remember if we had like the full yeah, Furby. Yeah, she did. Do you yeah, remember? Did. Do you remember anything about the Furbies? Uh, but I never knew how to operate it. <laughs> okay, I just I just couldn't remember if we had actual Furbies or if we just like played with the Gungles Furbies. No, no, you had you had, you both had Furbies. Wait, so Ashley and I both each had a Furby? Yes. Oh, you guys were great. You just splurged right on with the Furbies. <laughs> Sorry, I was just... I was just talking to a friend of mine about Furbies, and I couldn't remember if we actually had the I real think, Furby. I think Santa Claus brought you Oh, right. Santa Claus brought us the Furbies. That's right. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Mom. I'm sorry to bother you. I just really needed to know in this one moment. Okay, love you. I love you too, Mama. Bye. That was my mom, y'all. Your mom's so cute. everyone and welcome to the fresh podcast market i'm panda and i'm here with my friend Teresa. how you doing Teresa? i'm good panda how are you i'm doing just great here at the fresh podcast market we are a real podcast about fake podcasts do you know whose turn it is to go first i think it's mine okay i have freaking the leash stuck on my in my head did you know that the lead singer of Korn's, one of his children is named Pirate? You know, I didn't, but now I'm kind of glad that I knew that. That's my only fun Korn fact. That's a lot to take in. So how about we start off with something a little different? How about less of a podcast, more like a video cast, where artists look at uh, how to draw books and like how to draw step-by-step -step thingies that like were popular when you were a kid kind of deal oh buddy i definitely had a how to draw anime book when i was in middle school <laughs> so you would do like the how to draw books and you would like draw the characters or the animals or whatever the hell to the draw to how to draw books and then the artist would then draw them the way that they would normally draw them kind of deal if that makes sense Okay, yeah, I really like this idea because, like, I think that how to draw books often have, like, a really good foundation for young artists to build on, but, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that what is taught in how to draw books like that is really the way to draw. It's sort of like a stepping stone on the way to learning how to draw. Yeah, exactly. And so I think... 
I think that like people who already know how to draw trying to go back and approach the medium in this way could be it could make for a really interesting visual experience since we are talking about a video podcast this time and i mean there's now that i think about it i didn't think about this when i thought of the podcast idea back in the day when i used to watch game grumps like game grumps at pokemon art academy and stuff like that and they used to follow the rules kind of deal of the characters, but at the same time, like completely off and go and do their own thing. And I'm not saying completely go off and do your own thing. Cause they were kind of like coloring outside the lines per se. Like they were working with the limited palettes and stuff like that. And they were following the general guidelines, but not a whole lot here. It would be strictly like you follow, you follow the exact thing you're supposed to follow. And then you don't follow them anymore. And I think it would be really, really fun. And I would love to see artists completely destroy the how to make your how to make anime. Yeah, because who is it? There's like one guy that does all those how to draw anime books. I don't know. I never had. No, I actually did have. (gasps) I did have a how to draw anime book. But even as like a nine year old, I knew I would never be a good artist. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I know that there's like this one guy who does Christopher Hart. That's the motherfucker that does these books. He's actually like a really good artist, but he also does all these how to draw anime books. Oh my god! Tell me your secrets. I mean, look, you know, you got to make money. You got to make. This guy figured it out. The master guide to drawing anime: How to draw original characters from simple templates. Wow. Yep. Christopher Hart. Thanks, Christopher Hart. That that's that boy. He's been teaching people how to draw anime since um since I was a kid, definitely. And I'm and I'm twenty five years old, oh so my God. I know I'm so old. I, I just I know like you're only a year older than me, but I feel like such a baby because I it was born in September, so I'm still 23. My small, bald baby child. That's me. Goo goo gaga. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. <laughs> You're uh, our sweet baby co-host. That's me. <laughs> and I'm your baby co-host, Teresa Navarro. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you, do you have a name for the, uh, the How to Draw podcast? Um... Um, I was thinking something maybe along the lines of like Art Academy, but Art Academy is like kind of I feel like done to death as a name. My I, my name idea was Pod to Draw instead of How to Draw. I know it's not like a pun, but like it does get across the idea of a podcast where you need to draw. You can always call it Art Book Dropout. Yeah, that's a good name. Especially if you had dropout, but it was D R A W P out dropout. As because like art, because like art school dropout, but yeah. art book like art how school drop. dropout. Art school dropout. Yeah, I don't know the rest of that song. Me Sorry, either. that's fine. I've like only seen Greece like twice in my fucking life. Big same, honestly. Yeah, I don't. 
understand people's like obsession with it but that's Grease is a fine musical but if you watch it as an adult you realize that there are like a billion things wrong with it yeah yeah exactly yep yeah so i think we've i don't know do we have anything else to say on this i don't know i feel like we just like got this one in the bag packed that bad boy no, it felt really short, but uh, maybe years will be a little. You came in with an idea, and then you had a name. Like normally, that's a rarity for us. We didn't get sidetracked in five seconds. We didn't get sidetracked okay, at all, even though we talked about Greece, the musical. Yeah. So you tell. How about you tell me your idea, Panda? My first idea, and this is gonna sound kind of dumb, but. That's the content that I bring to the table is that I want to do or I like this idea of a um, a dub versus sub podcast because I know that the anime community has itself up in arms eternally in the fight of dub versus sub but i think there's an interesting idea of like taking series and this is this would probably more be more for older series because newer series get more accurate dubs and so this isn't necessarily a problem you have older series where like they have things that are being said in the english dub of the series that are like not at all related to what's going on in the actual original Japanese dub of the series or even like like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are considered to be like really decent English dubs but even they have like parts that are still not quite translated into English because of the sensibilities of the dubbing companies of the time I don't know I think that I don't know that we should fight over dubs versus subs. I think that we should come together and talk about like how the differences affect interpretation of the series. And like recently I talked to, I've mentioned on the, on the podcast before that I do a podcast about Revolutionary Girl Utena. And I recently talked to a couple people that have been doing a Revolutionary Girl Ushina fan website for like the past like 20 years and that's like insane to me but like they know yeah they are so powerful and I'm talking to them after we finish recording this episode that we are doing right now I'm talking to them on my other podcast tonight but like they've been doing Revolutionary Girl Utena for like 20 years and so they know like all the ins and outs of like different translations of the series and like they've talked about like stuff that got translated into a certain way for the English speaking audience that like was different from the way that the series was presented to the audience of its original language and I don't know I think that stuff is really interesting and you could even go so far as to expand it beyond like anime and talk about like shows from other countries I know that like English dubbing of shows from other countries is not as prominent as it is in anime but like I don't know I think it's an interesting topic the difference between a show being in its original language versus like being brought up to other countries I can get behind that. Would you also talk about, like, not necessarily, like, the history, but, like, for instance, would you talk about, like, the censorship 
that was used like in Yu-Gi-Oh where like they were Oh yeah, definitely. Or- definitely. That was actually that was more of what I had in mind less about like the history. Like uh-huh. as far as history goes, when I was thinking was more of like the history of like the way dubbing companies have approached accuracy. Oh, okay. I definitely think that like taking stuff like a like a series and sort of like addressing the way that like with Yu-Gi-Oh, like you talked about, like there are certain things in the original Yu-Gi-Oh anime that got sort of scrubbed for decency. I don't really know how to put it. But for, like, when they were bringing it... Like the Shadow Realm. Yeah, like, if you're listening to this and you don't really know that much about Yu-Gi-Oh, but maybe you watched it as a kid, uh, we're maybe gonna ruin something for you here. The Shadow Realm in the original English dub of the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise did not exist. That was something that was made up for the English-speaking audience to explain why characters died, and they didn't want to say that these characters had died because they thought that was too severe for American audience especially like children so they created this idea of the shadow realm and that's the kind of thing that really interests me is like where they took liberties between translating from the original language to I mean presumably English for the most part because like I feel like America is the only country that really makes a lot of effort to change what is being translated (laughs) yeah like you could even talk about how speed racer was done oh i don't i don't really know anything about speed racer oh so when speed racer was dubbed in america in the 60s the american companies were not told the plot of speed racer or what was being said in japanese okay that seems kind of important they just made up their own plot and (laughs) hope for the best kind of deal that um That doesn't sound like a recipe for a very good show. Yeah, I mean, it explains a lot why there's like a lot of repetition in Speed Racer and why it's a lot of like over dramatics because they were filling in their own blanks. And yet people still loved it and it still worked for a lot of people. You could even talk about like for kids censorship specifically and how. um, Oh, yeah, definitely. And how for kids dubs differ from jelly filled donuts. Yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, we are clearly both Sailor Moon fans in this house, and you could talk about the difference between, like, even the Deke and the... Is it Funimation right now that's redoing the um, Sailor Moon dub? Well, okay, Deke did the very first dub, and then Cloverway took over after Deke, and then Viz is now the one that's doing the new accurate dub. Thank you. Yeah, so you could even talk about the differences between dubs and how, as time has gone by these dubbing companies have remembered who their audience are a little bit differently. A quick aside, as we're talking about Sailor Moon, the new Sailor Moon musical that came out recently had, it was not dubbed into English, but it did have English subtitles. And there was a moment where the word meatball head was used. And I was mad because that's not the official translation of Odanga Atama and they've been using Bunhead in the Viz dubs but they decided to include Meatball Head in the translation that they used for the musical and I was like that's not what that means but then I bet other old dub fans were like oh my god and I was like okay fine I mean I thought that was nice 
you're saying it, but I also like, I'm, I guess I'm a different fan than you are. Like you, you are a lot more current with it. When I watched the original dub of Sailor Moon, I was like really young. And by the time that I got into Sailor Moon, like actually got into it, I was only watching like the Japanese version of Sailor Moon because that was all that like existed of the quote unquote real Sailor Moon because I found out in high school that there were gay Sailor Scouts and I was like oh I need to revisit this show from my childhood and then I didn't do that until I was in my 20s and then I downloaded the entirety of Sailor Moon in Japanese with subtitles onto my laptop and that's how I I feel like that's how I really experienced Sailor Moon because I don't count when I was like five years old and letting cartoon imagery just wash over me so I have a different relationship relationship with Sailor Moon than probably a lot of other people in our respective age group that watched the the old dub. So I'm not as attached to Meatball Head. I watched it when I was like five years old and I was like really into it and actually like followed the plot as best as a five-year-old could. I definitely could not follow the plot when I was five years old. <laughs> I was just like, oh, pretty colors. It really wasn't a plot. It was kind of like a monster of the week. For the dub but i still like actively True. knew what was going on and i could kind of tell that different episodes were from different seasons and stuff like that yeah as a kid. anyway i just think that dubs versus subs like i know that like there are people who try to argue like whether or not dubs versus subs are like better or worse yeah i just think that the comparison is worth looking at and i feel like if somebody like if a host or like a group of hosts took series that have been like dubbed into English and compared like, like there's this movie that's like a, it's like a Korean movie that was dubbed into English and it's about like this duck and like her babies and stuff. And like when I was watching it, I ended up watching the English dub of it with a friend who had watched like it subtitled and the whole time she was talking to me about how like the dub like didn't get things wrong but it like simplified things in a way that like didn't get the entirety of what was going on across in certain scenes and I just think that like the difference between like the way that things can be translated and the way that language is used is really cool. And like the way that people can use that to like try to tell different stories is really neat. Mm -hmm. Before we like start naming this podcast, the one thing that like truly shook me to the core was I didn't know in Kiki's delivery service and the dub Gigi can speak to Kiki again. And I didn't know that in the original sub version, Gigi doesn't isn't able to speak to Kiki at the end We've of the movie. We talked about this before off mic. Yeah. Yeah, and I've cried. Like I cried when I found out. Like I I straight up cried. Yeah, like honestly finding out that she couldn't speak to Gigi anymore even after she got her powers back is very emotional for me and I don't really know how to handle it because I get like I've read a lot since we we talked about this off mic and I've t like read about the reasoning behind this since we did. But at the same time like even though I understand why she wasn't supposed to be able to talk to Gigi. It still makes me really emotional that she couldn't anymore because like I grew yeah. up with this idea that, oh, she got her powers back so she can talk to Gigi again because like Gigi's her boy. Gigi's like her, her cat, you know, oh, like yeah. and not being able to talk to him anymore is just so <laughs> it's so sad. 
yeah, yeah, you get it. Um, do you have a name for this? Um, I was thinking, you know how like Dragon Ball fans refer to Dragon Ball Z as DBZ. I was thinking like DVS or something like that. Something that sort of invokes the idea of anime, but not like. I mean, that's just an acronym. I, mean, I know, but I'm trying to think of like. Something that invokes, like, the feeling. A similar vibe. Uh, yeah, like, the similar vibe. That. It's not a very good name. I never said it was a good name. I feel like there's a way to use, like... Rub-a-dub-sub. How about... I was gonna say subbing in the dubs. Subbing in the dubs is really good. That's better than my terrible idea that I just said that I'm not gonna repeat. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think... Subbing in the dubs is where we're going. Subbing in the dub is really good and is better than anything I could come up with. Teresa, you're so smart. What's the next idea that you have? Thanks, Pian. <laughs> okay. How about a podcast where people just describe what's on their car keys? Oh boy, that's going to be a long podcast for me. I have a lot of keychains. <laughs> because I feel like you learn so much about a person from finding out what's out what's on their car keys and i think there's a lot of funny stuff on a lot of people's car keys or not such funny stuff because like you'll find out i just have my keys and my house like my car keys and my house key and like the one stupid ass keychain or somebody's like i have five keychains three pictures four lanyards and some keys like you know so i think there's like a really big vast difference off the top of my head on my keychain i know i have a twin peaks keychain it looks like uh, a room key from the hotel in twin peaks because i'm a nerd oh, that's good i have an utene keychain that's like her with a little sword i have a keychain that looks like it's a like a switchblade but it's actually not a switchblade it looks more like a it's more like a uh, like a glorified letter opener it's not a real like a blade that you could stab anybody with, but it looks like one. And it, nice. I use it to open mail and other packages that I need to open. Nice. I used to have a, uh, a Harley Quinn from the Lego Batman movie. And she had a little where you could press on her chest and it would be like a little uh, flashlight that you could use. And it was pretty good but it got kind of heavy for my key ring so i took her off and she's in my car right now i've got a couple other pretty good keychains but i can't think off the top of my head and it's like very far away so not practical for me to run and go get i had a kill bill pussy wagon keychain on my keys however the day that the uma thurman interview came out my keychain actually broke it was fate and i was like it's like poetic cinema. <laughs> but besides that, I have a small sailor Pluto nice. on my keys. I have a lanyard from my college roommate, Josh, that says 70-ish. <laughs> and I have my house key, my car keys, my work keys. And then I have a small keychain from my pal, that Siobhan, of Siobhan fame. <laughs> and... It's a heart with one of my favorite art pieces in it, which is Mark Chagall's birthday. And then I have an enamel keychain of 
a bear version of Foo Fighters from JoJo on my keys as well. And I used to have a Kingdom Hearts lanyard that was given to me by my roommate Anna as a joke because I hate Kingdom Hearts. But then my Kingdom Hearts lanyard broke like last month. So now I don't have that anymore. Oh, also on my keychain, I do have like a couple. I do have like my house key and like my mom's house key and like my car key. I also have a Lego Gimli. Nice. I used to have I used to have a Lego Stormtrooper for a long time and then he lost one of his legs and one of his arms, different sides of the body. And then I had a Lego Princess Leia and then uh I ended up taking her off of my keychain cuz I was scared of her getting all beat up and losing her limb. Oh, so well, I, that's when I ended up getting Lego Harley Quinn from Batman, uh, the Lego movie Batman. But uh, I didn't anticipate. I thought when I bought her on the Internet that she was going to be like a regular Lego minifig keychain. And then she ended up being like a giant Lego minifig keychain. <laughs> oh, that's humongous. I bought Gimli at the Lego store uh, my freshman year of college in New York. So even though I don't oh. really care about. Uh, Lord of the Rings. I really like Gimli. So I've been like, to that this Lego store. Home. What? I've been to that Lego store. That was where I got oh. my Stormtrooper. Wow. Oh. How exciting. Yeah. I didn't know you've been to New York. That's cool. I, yeah, I've been to New York once, and it was long before we knew each other. And my sister had done a semester abroad, and they were going to, she and her now husband, did a semester abroad and they were going to fly into New York instead of like flying back directly to where we live. And so my mom and I traveled up to New York and we spent like two days there. That's really cool. I ended up going to Lego store and that was very good. That's it. That's, that's fun. I'm here for it. One of my internet pals came to the East coast for a little bit and we all did a New York trip. And we went to the Lego store, too. When Jimmy and I come to visit you, we definitely need to go to the Lego store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we got to figure out the dates and stuff like that, though. Yeah, definitely. I just meant in general as an yeah, idea. It, push comes to shove. If you guys can only come for like the weekend of the con or something like that. You guys can explore New York while I get my hot anime goods or some shit like that. And then we can meet back up at the con. Because... It's like walking distance from a lot of places. Like the Javits Center isn't that far. Okay, cool. And you can easily take the subway to the Javits Center back and forth too. So. Okay. It's fine. But yeah, so I name ideas. I don't have any ideas for this podcast. So you better bring something good home, Pam, because I've been serving those spicy names for a while now. Honestly, I got caught up thinking about, like, the Lego store and shit. I don't even remember what we're fucking talking about for the real idea that we had. Car keys. Keys to meet you. (laughs) I hate it, but keys to meet you is kind of cute. Thanks. Key to your heart. Ooh, that's corny. Yeah, it is, but that's what podcast names are made of is corniness. And I feel like it works because, like, I feel like the keychains that you have on your key ring can also be an expression of who you are as a person, a.k.a. your heart. 
Uh, you didn't see yeah. it, but I did a little heart thing with my hands. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Honestly, you win. You win because you had the better idea. Oh, okay. Whatever you say. But how about we wrap this bad boy up? Because there's a pork chop waiting for me downstairs. Hell yeah, I wouldn't want to keep you from your pork chop. I don't like pork chops that much, but I'm hungry. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Fresh Pod Market. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandonata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Teresa? You can follow me at Vicunad, V-I-C-U-N-A-D. If you would like to give us some ideas for some new podcasts, you can shoot those emails. Please. Yeah, please, our crops are dying. You can shoot those emails to freshpodcastmarket at gmail.com. You could send we only them- have so many ideas in our brains and hearts. Yeah, you can send those to our Twitter, which is Fresh Podcast Market, like Panda just said. Or you could send them to our Tumblr at Fresh Podcast Market. Or you can email us at freshpodcastmarket at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, you could do that at ko-fi.com slash freshpodcastmarket, where you can support us for $3 at a time. And if you would like to buy merchandise with our logo on it, you can do that at the link that is in our pinned tweet on Twitter, which is at Fresh Pod Market. And our theme song was Sunset Cul-de-Sac by not, hopefully not, what was it? Hopefully not Bad Lib on SoundCloud.com. He, he gets mad at me every time he has to edit this and I fuck up the name of his SoundCloud and he's literally listening to me right now. Fuck it up. So, Hopefully not bad live on soundcloud.com is where you can find the person that made our theme song Jimmy. for us, especially for us. Nobody else. Sunset cul-de-sac. I don't even know if it's on hopefully not bad live on soundcloud.com, but if you need a theme song, that's your boy. He'll Commission do it. Boy. Maybe commission our boy our to boy. make your theme song. Doop, doop, doop. And that's it. Doop, doop, that's all we've doop. got. Yeah. Thank you for joining me at the Fresh Podcast Market, Teresa. Thank you for joining me at the Fresh Podcast Market, Pand. Everybody, it's time to get some car keys, I guess. Have a good one. Bye-bye.